This week on TSR, Con of Dragons. Movie Pass is a mess. Resistance is coming. And we discuss Star Wars in concert. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Listeners, it's TSR episode 195. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. How's it going? It's going. How is it going for you? Uh, just, you know, in the middle of a whole lot of Dragon Con prep, which we'll talk about a little later. What? But Dragon uh, Con? Yeah, Dragon Con. It's that time again. Oh, right. It is that time again, and we're going to talk a lot more about that later and where uh, you'll be able to find us during the con. Uh, hey, what have we been up to? It's been a little while. It's been almost a month since our last one. Uh, yeah, I've been writing. A lot of writing. So, I mean, we, we should probably say why it's been so long since we recorded. Uh, my folks were in town for a couple weeks uh, through, er- through early mid part of August. Um, we needed to do a mouse droid, which we did last week. Yes. So and watch it. Yep. Listen to it, rather. Don't watch it. Yeah. yeah we, we don't That'll have it hard. on watchable format. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is really the first chance we've had to do a TSR in a while. But yay, we're back. We are back, and Hi. we'll be back with a much more consistent schedule. I know we say that all the time, but this time we mean it. Well, I mean, we do have a consistent schedule when we don't have people here to In take town. our attention. Yep, yep. Um, but we're going to make it up to you this week. We are. We are definitely going to make it up to you. And why are we making it up to people? Um, cause or we're rather, going, how? Because we're going to Dragon Con? Correct. And, and we're going to have content from Dragon Con? And when we're at Dragon Con, yes, we get a lot of panel audio, and I usually upload same day. Yes. So your feed is about to get blasted with all sorts of great Star Wars programming content from Dragon Con uh, in uh, just a couple of days. Gird your loins. <laughs> That's unnecessary, Nancy. What? We don't. Loins do not need to be girded for this. Okay. But it'll be fun. It will be fun, and we can talk about why it's going to be fun by talking about the panels uh, we're all going to be on. Yes. So, uh, which panels are you going to be uh, uh, be a part I of? I am on four panels. Uh, the first panel I'm on is New Star Wars Canon, which will be Friday at 10 o'clock. And also on that panel is our web... Uh, what's her title? I don't remember. Managing editor. editor. Managing editor. For the blog, Bria will be on that panel as well. I think she's actually moderating that one, so it'll be good. Uh, Saturday, I am moderating a panel with Tim Zahn, all about that blue guy, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, That's Saturday at 1 o'clock. I am secretly terrified about it so come and watch me attempt to be cool you're going to be just fine uh i mean it's you know listening to tim zahn talk about thrawn so you can't go wrong there uh and then sunday i'm on a panel about galaxy's edge at 5 30 and you are also on that panel i am indeed on that one i think we have things to discuss as the resident disney annual pass holders who go there a lot 
Uh, and then Monday at 1130 a.m., I'm wrapping up the con by moderating a panel called Luke Skywalker Hero, question uh, mark, which I will be happy to discuss all things Luke Skywalker. And I am the only girl on the panel, so <laughs> I <laughs> that'll be fun because it'll be like, you know. Not that I can't have an intellectual discussion about Luke Skywalker. I totally can. But I will probably be the only one on that panel also thirsting. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise to bring the thirst for all of the people who love Luke Skywalker out there. The thing, I mean, we're, commi- we, we're committed to our con panels and Nancy brings the thirst for y'all. All right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to be on uh, Resistance and other upcoming Star Wars con- or cartoons. That's Friday at 2.30. I will. This is one where it's going to get tricky because I don't know which panel I'm being sent to yet. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It's either going to be Arrogance of the Jedi Saturday at five thirty, or it's going to be Fandom Toxicity also at five thirty. Uh, let y'all know which one it's going to be once they tell me. <laughs> um. Uh, also going to be on from a certain point of view. That's Sunday at two thirty. Bria is moderating that one. Uh, we're going to look back at Fakpov and the stories we enjoyed in it. Um. And uh, my last panel is going to be uh, Galaxy's Edge uh, with Nancy. Um, And yeah, we have lots of thoughts about uh, Disney Parks and Galaxy's Edge. So look forward to that one. Yes. Uh, You're also going to be able to catch Bria on Star Wars Costuming Saturday at 2.30 and Farewell Star Wars Rebels Saturday at 4 p.m. And I believe the Rebels panel is also going to have Henry Gilroy and Tim Zahn on it. So that'll be a good panel. That will be a good panel. Yeah. Uh, some other stuff we're excited for. Uh, I am running a little informal introduction to Star Wars tabletop gaming Thursday night at the Hilton Bar at 8 p.m. Uh, I'll be manage. I'll be game managing this one. You can catch um, Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained. Uh, Bria will uh, be on be playing at playing as well as well as another one of our friends, not Brian Novicki, will. Uh, all be players, and we'll be playing through the Force Awakens beginner game. Uh, did you see someone responding to, uh, uh, I think Alex retweeted that or something, and someone said, are we going to pause every five minutes for him to explain the origin of a certain blaster that he picked up? And that uh, made me laugh to myself. <laughs> no, we are not, because I've only got two hours for this game. <laughs> But yeah, Hilton Bar, 8 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be running this in a way where I'm going to be breaking down the mechanics, how yeah. things are working in the game. So those of you who show up just to watch can learn how to play these games yourselves. Yeah, It's really not as hard as it looks from the outside. We promise. Uh, and something you and I are very excited for, which means we should probably finish watching the episodes before Dragon Con. Uh, the Expanse cast panel. Yes. I'm very excited about this. Uh, there are going. Uh, who's on it? Um, uh, I'm going. Uh, so, Alex, the pilot, um, Bobby Draper, uh, Christian Avasarala, and who's the? Oh, who's the other one? Alex Avasarala. Naomi. Oh, Naomi. Yes. So there'll be four of them, and I am excited to see the panel and. Uh, to see them and we are going to finish the expanse season th- season three today so uh yeah it's i'm I, very I'm, excited yeah 
I'm I'm it'll be it'll be fun to like do something other than Star Wars while we're there. We haven't really done that at Dragon Con no. of recent years. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm breaking my big panel rule for the Expanse panel. Yes. But we only you only have to wait in line for like an hour for those. So because they've got their act together, it's great. Yes. Uh, Agreed. Everyone needs to run cons like Dragon Con runs cons. Yes. They are so good, and they have logistics worked out perfectly. All right. So, hey, let's uh, dive into the news. Um, mm-hmm. Disney's D23 Expo announced for August 23rd through 25th, uh, 2019. Uh, this will be taking place in Anaheim, California. And the reason we bring this up here is because there are a lot of announcements that come out of D23. Yes. Uh, we got Galaxy's Edge out of D23. We got some... We got a TFA sizzle reel at D23, we got TF- didn't we? No, uh, TLJ. TLJ, TFA that's right, that's right. was at Comic-Con that year. Yeah, so um, we might get another behind-the-scenes uh, sizzle reel for nine at this one. Yeah. And uh, we're probably going to get a lot more Star Wars live action and future animated news Yeah, uh, from D23. So put that on your calendars. Uh, expect news to come out of there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I'll let you take this one. (laughs) Uh, Crazy Rich Asians came in at number one at the box office with 26 million and a sequel is already in the works. And I'm happy for uh, supremely diverse uh, representative films just doing well at the box office. So take that, Hollywood. Um, you discussed this on the recent episode of the Kanji cast, correct? We sure did. Uh, the bonus episode that posted, on um, Wednesday. Yes. Um, I do have another episode of the Kanji cast that I need to finish editing, uh, today. Um, we have some interviews that are getting spliced in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, go check that one out to get more of our thoughts on it. Yes. Um, and, uh, the Hugo Awards were last weekend. Um, I didn't follow the, uh, the ceremony live because it was on the West Coast on a Sunday night. So by the time it started, I was probably in bed already. But, um, the 2018 Hugo Awards were presented at Worldcon 76 in San Jose last weekend. Um, and the, it is... The most notable award, obviously, is for Best Novel, and this year was even more notable because N.K. Jemisin won for The Stone Sky, which is her third book in the Broken Earth trilogy. She's won the Hugo for Best Novel for the past three years for all the novels in that trilogy, So, um, and that is a feat that no one else has achieved. Um, she is one of the few authors who has won three Hugo Awards. I believe there's only like a few living authors who have won more than her. Um, and I have not read them. Um, I'm not usually into fantasy, but just because of the acclaim and the award she's gotten, I feel like I need to at least give it a try. <laughs> um and um, John Scalzi was also nominated for Best Novel when he was, like, thrilled to lose to heart. But um, The Collapsing Empire was one of my favorite books of the year, or of the year, and the sequel comes out in October. So. Uh, we do love Collapsing Empire. I do recommend waiting until the second book is out. <laughs> yeah. Because it Collapsing ends on a cliffhanger. And it is one hell of a cliffhanger. I'm about to rest- I'm about to reread Collapsing Empire. So uh, also Six Weeks was nominated for 
best novel, which you and I both loved. Oh, um, Six Wakes was so, so good. Uh, other other awards were Best Novella, All Systems Red by Martha Wells, which I loved. Uh, there, there are three Murderbot novellas out currently. Uh, All Systems Red is the first one, and then uh, Ro- or Artificial Condition and Rogue Protocol. Uh, the fourth one comes out in October, so you can either catch up now or wait until October and read all four of them. And then in 2020, uh, she's actually putting out a full-length novel about Murderbot. And I I just love this series so much, I can't say enough about it. They are novellas, they're short, they take maybe about two, three hours to read, um, and they're just delightful. I love them so much. Um, um, also of note to this podcast, uh, best series was won by Lois, Lois McMaster Bujold for the World of the Five God series. Um, she puts, uh, there were three no- novels that were traditionally published and she's been writing novellas, uh, that she's been self-publishing. I think she's five, has five of them out already. And, um, uh, I have not read them, but uh, they are on my list to read, even though, again, I'm not a fantasy person because of Lois Master Bujold. And um, she won this same award last year for the Verkosigan series because um, the rule for best series, best series is a new category. It's been awarded twice and she's won it both times. (laughs) For different series. So the rules are for best series is that you had to have had an installment in that series come out in the previous year. So her novel, Gentleman Joel, the Red Queen, came out in 2016. And that gave her that she was eligible for the Farkosigan series. She had a uh, Five Gods novella come out last year, which made her eligible for this. Also, once you win the award, you can't win it again for that specific series so uh Bujold is two for two for best series <laughs> not bad not bad <laughs> um and try to see what else um um oh oh ditch diggers one for best fan cast which we listen to it's a uh writing oriented podcast hosted by Merle Lafferty and Matt Rollis and uh you'll know Merle Lafferty as the no- uh, writer of the solo novelization coming out next week oh my god the day is we it? get back from Dragon Con oh <laughs> yeah oh that one snuck up on me yeah and the John Campbell award for best new writer came uh went to Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, she wrote, um, I think, oh, what was the novel she wrote? I know, I, I think we, uh, Trail of Lightning. Yeah, that's the name of it. Um, which, um, uh, we reviewed on the blog or Kate reviewed it on the blog and really liked it. So, um, that was cool. And, um, the but award for best young adult novel book came went to Akata Warrior by Nnedi Okorafor, who wrote a story in the uh, from a certain point of view anthology. Excellent. So you can look up all the awards that were nominated. Um, a lot of women won most of the awards, so that is very cool. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm great. Great uh, representative slice on the awards uh, award winners this year. So well done, Hugo's. Uh, a lot of very deserving winners yes. in there. Uh, moving on, Danny Boyle is off Bond 25. 
And uh, this has led to talk that it's probably going to release its miss date of November 9th of next year. Yeah. And in even more crushing news, <laughs> Idris Elba says he's not playing Bond. That's why I put this on. No. Why? Why doesn't the world want us to be happy, Brian? I I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry too. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about the mess that's Movie Pass while we're on a little bit of a theater. Can we? Yeah, we finally canceled. Can we please talk about Movie Pass? <laughs> we finally canceled. We gave up on it. Right? What is? I. It's just baffling how poorly run it is. Like so. Okay, when did we sign? We signed up for Movie Pass last november when I it was believe? still unlimited when it yeah. was one film per day and you could have repeats right so we signed up because we knew we were going to see the last jedi over and over and over and we checked and looked for to see if it was possible to see the same movie more than once because obviously we were going to see the last jedi multiple times um and we went several times with using movie pass so we you know got our money's worth uh we saw other movies we probably would not have gone to the theater to see uh with movie pass and for a while it was it was great uh you know you just went to the theater bought your ticket you you were good uh and then we started hearing all these rule changes and people saying how they you know, uh, weren't able to pay with MoviePass because their theater wasn't accepting it, or they were had to, like, upload a picture of their ticket now, and then they changed it so you couldn't see the same movie more than once, and oh, they just happened to change that right before Avengers Infinity War came out, which people probably wanted to see more than once. Uh... That was when I started to get really annoyed because I wanted to go see Infinity War several times and we only ended up seeing it twice because why bother? Um, but, you know, we kept it. We ended up seeing, what was it? We saw um, Ocean's 8, mm-hmm. which we probably wouldn't have gone without Movie Pass. Um, and then... They changed it to be, you can only see three movies in a month. Which, when you think about it, that seems, it's still a deal, you know? Yeah, it's, I agree. It's still a deal. We, I would have kept it. We would have kept it. But the thing that bothered me so much was that they kept changing the rules, and you had never had any idea of what actually you were paying for. And... What was what was the actual straw that we they they stopped letting you see major movies? Yes, that was it. So like no one could see Mission Impossible despite the fact that MoviePass was sending out a bunch of emails saying go see Mission Impossible. Yeah. So that was like, okay, you're not going to even let me see the movies I want to see on this limited basis. We're done. So I canceled. And then they re-enrolled me. Oh, right. They re-enrolled me, too. Yeah, I canceled. And then they used a very malware UI trick to get you to agree to new terms and services in the app. Uh Uh-huh. And by doing that, 
you negated your explicit cancellation of Movie Pass, and then it took three days for me to be able to cancel again. It re- I because re- I remember you weren't allowed to. Ca- they wouldn't let you cancel, but I didn't realize it took you that long to finally do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked last time. Uh, I paid the credit card to see if they had charged us because my cycle was supposed to end on the 20th. And I'm like, if they charged me again, I'm going to be so mad. But they hadn't. It is the way they operate business is just sketchy as hell. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Yes, it's still a deal to pay $9.95 for three movies a month. But like for me, I'm if I. The movies I see in the theater are the movies I want to see, like, opening week, like Avengers or Star Wars or whatever big blockbusters. Otherwise, we really don't go to the movies very much. So, you know, yeah, if we had Movie Pass, we might say, oh, okay, we'll end up going to the movies to see a movie we might have seen on Netflix. But we end up spending money there anyway, you know, because we buy snacks or drinks or whatever. So it's kind of like okay, we're spending money to go see movies we wouldn't have seen and therefore spend more money. Why don't we just wait? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it, it's really the whole, oh, you can't go see the movie the first week it opens because I'm like, well, part of the reason people go right away is for to avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for a lot of movies, I wouldn't mind waiting, but those movies I usually don't end up going to see anyway. Yeah, for the movies that I I don't really go to movies if I'm if I don't have the urge to see it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. If I don't have that urge, I usually won't see it. Right, and I mean, also the problem is is like yeah, we ended up going to see Ocean's Eight, but we also didn't go see The Incredibles. I think there was another movie that came out in June, Jurassic World. We ended up going to see because there are so many movies that come out now that if you are not able to see the movie the first weekend it opens then it's like okay well you missed that movie oh but now this movie's out that just came out so you're constantly playing catch up with the releases and you know going to the movie shouldn't be stressful it should just be like oh, okay this movie came out this week let's go see it yeah and not having to play jump through hoops to go see a movie that you want to yeah so so long, movie pass. I I mean, the one good thing is I've heard um I think it was Tom Merritt who does the uh Daily Tech, Tech, News, Tech show. News show. Um I I think he was saying that movie pass, even if it's gonna fail, they still have changed the way that people go to the movies. Um, and that's really going to be the legacy of it because there are going to be a number of subscription services that follow what it's. They way. already are. There's the AM- the AMC pass that we don't have because we don't usually go to um, we don't usually go to AMC. But um, you know, if they if they had a thing at the theater we go to where you even if it was like twenty five dollars a month, like I would pay for it. Yeah. Um, you know. That's, I mean, look at Netflix. Like, Netflix is the first thing of that, like, streaming service. And now, how many are there <laughs> out there? So, I mean, as crappy as I mean, Movie Pass was run. They were a crap business, but they did show that there is a desire for a subscription model like that yeah. to go see movies. 
And it also showed them that it is too expensive now for people to regularly go see movies. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I think the problem was, is they were trying so hard to build their business that when they went down to nine ninety five, like so many people were like, this is too good to be true. But they bought into it because of course they're going to buy into well, I mean, it at that I cost. Was, I was tempted at the original cost yeah. before they went to nine ninety nine. But it's just like, it seemed like they were like, okay, how can we grow our business super fast and not thinking, is this sustainable? And if they had just come out and like from the beginning to say this isn't an unlimited service this is a three movies a month well, service it's, it's jerking you around like cell phone carriers yeah. jerk you around and nobody likes that right because i mean if if that had been their thing from the beginning three movies for nine ninety five, 95 it's still a deal yeah but, absolutely you know also i mean it just annoys me that you can't see the same thing more than once yeah but because if they went back to nine ninety nine ninety five. Like you said, mm-hmm. three movies a month. You can see repeats. Yeah. I'd still have movie pass. Yeah, me too. But the constantly changing, it's like, I want to know what I'm paying for. And, and you never knew. Also, like, we didn't, I didn't mention this on the show notes, but um, I know you guys on the Kanji cast talked about To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that um, while I was on the treadmill because I watched Netflix. And, you know, Netflix movies are becoming like, a big deal like you know netflix streaming shows have been you know super popular for a while um movies not so much but they're starting to get that way and for me like that's probably not a movie i would have gone to the theater to see but like i thought it was great and as i was on the treadmill watching that movie i'm like oh man like i really want more movies to like be first run on netflix like the 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 whole idea of oh there's this movie out and i don't have to go to the movie theater to see it i can just watch well, it yeah, on netflix here's the other thing like i want the big silver screen experience pretty much only for big spectacle blockbusters mm-hmm. right when, like um i went and saw love simon earlier in the year and i went and see it because i wanted to support it but like that was a movie that like you know i'm glad i saw it right away but it was a movie I didn't need to see in the theater, you know. I I didn't need I didn't need that experience to to see it. A movie like Infinity War, yes, you do need it first. So I I really hope Netflix, you know, s- keeps going making movies. And there was a there was a movie I can't remember the name of it, but it was starring Chris Pine, uh, and it looks like sort of a big a big deal movie so um and i know netflix has the option for old man's war by john scalzi so if they ever get that off it off and running it'll be good absolutely okay that's enough complaining about movie pass. <laughs> let's move on to some star wars news hey um just when i was worried that i wouldn't have anything to talk about on the resistance panel i'm gonna be on a dragon con this week <laughs> we finally got a resistance trailer yeah I know. I was so excited. I was like, when are we going to get this trailer? And we got it. They just dropped it one randomly. Poop, here's a trailer. <laughs> I was like, Brian, resistance trailer. Um, what'd you think? I I I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, just tonally, it seems like the trailer gives me a tonal vibe, which is something I really wanted Rebels to be, but wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a bunch of dorky pilots getting up to shenanigans and i'm here for it also 
Oscar Isaac's hotness transcends all visual <laughs> mediums. Yeah, so it's really, it's a minute-long trailer, which isn't really a lot to judge on the show. It's, you know, it's it's a trailer that is obviously made for the Disney audience. Um, but, you know, it, it shows the main character, Kazuto, or Kaz, I think that's what they're calling him. Um, and he is sent by Poe on a mission to, like, see who on this um pl- what is it i can't remember the name of it but it's this like platform on this ocean planet where these people live and he's trying to figure out who is are there any first order sympathizers there and one of them one of the guys is named jaeger who's like an old friend of pose and he kind of like gets in with his crew and he's trying to figure out what's going on and jaeger you know is like i'm here for you like being part of the crew, but I don't care about your... I'm not here for your spying business. <laughs> so, uh, it seems like it's part, like, part Rogue Squadron, part Rake Squadron, which I'm here for. There's racing involved. I'm... I'm. There's a lot of aliens. Um, the, I mean, the other thing I saw a lot of was people... were people discussing the animation style. In general, I liked it. There were some spots in the trailer that looked like the white balance was oversaturated, mm. which was a little odd. I don't know if that's by design or something that's getting cleaned up. That's really the biggest criticism I had of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about animation other than it looks good or well, it looks doesn't doesn't look good. Overwash white balance. That things look too bright. Yeah. yeah. But um I'm excited. Like I I want more in this era and I am you know it's i think someone found out on like by data mining the starwars.com that it's supposed to take place six months before the force awakens which seems really close um and that kind of brings a whole lot of possibilities because like that overlaps with the poe dameron comic and so it makes sense because we're probably not going to see Poe a lot in this show, just like for the first like mission. And then every once in a while he'll show up because he's off doing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, wondering, OK, well, are they going to pass TFA? Are they going to pass The Last Jedi? Will this eventually tell the story of what happens in between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine? That has a lot of possibilities. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. October it debuts, which yes, it feels like we're starting to get stuff for it super late as yeah. compared to Rebels. I'm still wondering if there's going to be a book coming out because Solo is the last book of the year coming Do we have out. Anything on the schedule past Solo? Nope. Huh. Solo. I. I. There are some uh, D- uh, Disney press books coming out but but solo comes out next week and it's the last the last book on the schedule for the year and the next one is master and apprentice which i don't think comes out until april interesting so no december release that we know of nope odd yeah uh it says um what's the amazon release date for master and apprentice uh april 16th is the is the Amazon day. Now, we've had December releases the last few years, haven't we? Uh, Canto Bite came out last year on the day of Last Jedi. And then the novelizations for TFA and Rogue One came out on the day of the movies. 
So, I mean, obviously there was no December movie this year, so we don't have that. But it, you know, I'm I was I was counting how many adult Del Rey novels have come out this year, and it was um, ugh, crap. Now I can't remember. Um, there's Thrawn Alliances just came out. Solo is going to come out. Last Jedi and Last Shot, and that's four. Hmm. And usually there's more. There's five or six in the normal calendar year, isn't there? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So that's why I'm I'm curious as to whether there will be a resistance novel, but also like because they're um because they're more like younger. I don't know if we will get one because like the New Dawn one was about Kanan and Hera who were adults, which makes sense for why it's a Delray novel. I don't know if I see them be doing a adult novel about Kaz. I could see them doing adult novel about like Poe and Jaeger, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that would how that would work. So, well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Uh, finally, episode nine has started filming, and this is a good chance for us to reiterate our spoiler policy. <laughs> what is our spoiler policy, Brian? If it ain't officially released. We're not talking about it. Yep. We're not ta- We're not going to be talking about any leaked set photos. Nope. Uh, we're not going to talk about any leaked anything. Like, we'll talk about, we'll talk about rumors that are showing up through, like, um, the big trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, the Entertainment Weeklies, the Variety, yeah. stuff like that. We'll talk about that. Like, Dominic Monaghan being reported as being in episode nine. It has not been confirmed. However, he He tweeted about it. (laughs) So (laughs) usually it's like, if it's not on StarWars.com, we're not talking about it unless the actor himself says, oh yeah, I'm in this movie. Yeah, so (laughs) with our spoiler policy, we're not talking about pretty much the only non-official stuff we'll talk about is stuff from trades. Yeah. And even then, it's play by ear. Yes. Um... Any leaked stuff you're seeing on other sites, we do not talk about on this show or the network. Nope. So if you're looking for that, you'll have to go elsewhere. Uh, yeah, we. I'm not. I'm not for it. <laughs> I don't like leaked photos. <laughs> I I don't either. And if I could also make a plea for you all to not tweet leaked photos in the open, please. That yes. would be great because yes. I got spoiled for some stuff this I know. week. Yeah. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. I didn't. Don't tell me. I, I This won't. is why I, this, okay, so it's really tedious if you follow a lot of people, but I do this now whenever I follow a new person, I turn off retweets. So I think there's only like a handful of people that I actually see retweets from, and one of them's you, <laughs> which is why I will tell you, and so I don't see retweets, because that's an option you can do. You have to do it individually for everyone, so it's annoying. But if you go to their profile and go on that little gear icon, you can click turn off retweets. And I miss so many spoilers from that because people just retweet them without thinking about it. And something else I'm going to point out, Twitter is a snitch. Mm-hmm. So if you even like stuff, yeah. it's going to show up on my timeline. Yeah, it's and there is a way you can get rid of that. If you see, like, so-and-so like this tweet, there's a little, little tiny arrow on that thing, that notification, on the upper right-hand side. If you click it, you can say, I don't like this tweet. And it'll say, like, show fewer likes from so-and-so or show fewer tweets from so-and-so. Whatever option you want, click it. It takes a long time because they still show up in my profile every so often. But every time that comes on, I click I don't like this. And so I rarely get it. 
And that's what's annoying about Twitter is because I have to do all this stuff to make my timeline look the way I want it to. <laughs> and that's why if if someone if someone has blocked you or muted you, don't necessarily take offense to it because they might just not want to see your likes or your tweets showing up because of spoilers and not necessarily they don't like you. Mm hmm. So, so yeah. be cognizant of the stuff you're posting and the stuff you're liking because you could uh, ruin someone else's timeline inadvertently. So mm -hmm. just be careful. Yes. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> we had some fun yesterday. We did. We were at Return of the Jedi live in concert. Nancy, did you have a good time? I did. Did you, Brian? I had a great time. Yes. Um. So Star Wars in concert is... Uh, this series that's been going on um it's not to be conf to be um confused with star wars in concert that happened in the i think the one i went to was 2010 2011 um that was on tour and that was just an orchestra playing the themes um anthony daniels went and narrated in between and then they had like videos that they played for all of the different songs which it was gorgeous it was i loved it so much um this is different because it is the entire movie being shown but the score is played by a symphony orchestra and out here it's the orlando philharmonic yes um they have these in various cities so you can go check and see uh, if your city has done these or if they will be doing them. I know they did them in New York. They did them like one right after the other. And I was really sad they weren't going to be here. And then when I saw that they were doing it here, uh, I was so excited. So the the first one, I believe, A New Hope, we went to like last April. And then we saw Empire. So yeah, April 2018. April 2017, I believe. Okay, I can't remember when we actually saw it. I don't remember. But A New Hope, we saw. And then uh, Empire was last October, right? Yeah. October 2017. And now... Oh, no. I'm wrong. A New Hope was in October 2017. Empire... Yes, because I took you for your birthday. Empire was in February of this year, and then Jedi was last night. So they do them like every few months they do them here. They don't do them all in a row. So, you know, when I saw they were doing A New Hope, I was like, yes, I have to go. I have to go. And then I saw they were doing Empire. I'm like, yes, we have to go. We have to go. And then I was really hoping they do Jedi. And sure enough, Jedi. So we had to complete the trilogy. And... I have to say, if you've never seen these movies with a live orchestra playing the music, it is a completely different way to see Star Wars, and I highly, highly recommend I, it. What's so great about it is you we're all very used to the CD tracks you that we've memorized all bought. You've them. memorized them. You know all of the tones, all of the cues. When you're getting this live production, you're not getting the studio mix. You're getting the live mix, so you'll start hearing elements that you haven't picked up before in the cd version that you may own and mm -hmm. it's such a great experience watching all that happen in front of you yeah um 
I I know the the tracks very well from the movies, and I listen to the sound. I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. I like I sort of know those by heart. But like to hear little variations and um, like just to hear certain themes live is just amazing. Like when they the first time the orchestra like played the the full imperial march during empire it was just like oh this is so good and i mean hearing binary sunset live as you're watching the movie was like as it it made me shiver like i knew it was going to be amazing and it it was even more than i thought it was going to be um and there were so many scenes that I was just so excited to hear the music for. Uh, the TIE fighter attack. Like, I was just like, oh, this is going to be good. And sure enough, the throne room scene was so good. Uh, the asteroid chase. Um, you know, all of the um, the clash of lightsabers, which is one of... And the rescue from Cloud City, which is one of my favorite tracks from Empire. Just that whole... The whole end of Empire. Just the whole end of Empire is so good. And, you know, I was really interested to see how they were going to do Return of the Jedi because there's so much source music. All the Jabba's Palace stor- source music and all the Ewok source music. So they ended up doing the Ew- the Jabba source music just was played like on a different track. They didn't do it live. But they did the Ewok source music live, mm-hmm. which I was so pleased about. I was like, oh, my God, this is like you could see all the percussionists in the back, like doing their little like drums and stuff. And I was just like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> because it's like, you know, source music means it's being played in the movie. So it was kind of it was so weird because it felt like you were there in the Ewok village. You know, more so than just like when they play the actual orchestra and um, they played the the victory celebration, uh, which was different because they didn't have like the chorus to sing like in the background. So all you could really hear were the string parts of it. And I was just sitting there going, this is the most beautiful version of this song. And I really want a recording of it done live. <laughs> So what were your some of your favorite parts of the of the in concert series? Oh my god, the entire Battle of Endor. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Boom boom. Just <laughs> listening to that music Yeah, Battle of Endor is already <laughs> my favorite um battle music uh-huh. in the entire saga. But boy, listening to that live was something else entirely. Um because you actually have a music background, so you can talk more about like the actual like technical parts of it way better than I can. This is this is me during the movie leaning over, what's that instrument they're playing right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's really cool. You get to these uh, in concert uh, productions. You it's so much easier to pick out individual instruments um, because they haven't been mixed down uh, into the track yet. Um, it's, I, I love these because I am in favor of anything that brings people out to listen to live orchestral music. Mm-hmm. And the, this series does such a great job of doing that. Yeah. He, um, I was met- we were talking about this yesterday before the movie, or maybe it was in the intermission, is that like, 
this is like this movie music is like today's classical music you know like it's what people know the most and you know i think going to see movies with a live orchestra is kind of like i guess what going to see a symphony was like back in the day <laughs> is that would, would you agree i mean i think it's a very fair comparison mm-hmm. um so yeah i if you ever get the chance to see star wars in concert yeah um you really need to uh the production is fantastic uh watching your local symphony orchestra play these john williams charts is amazing and just watching them precisely fit it into the film in real time in one take is just incredible yeah like how much do you think they practice for these or i mean rehearse for these there is a reason that it goes months between films yeah. because they need months to prepare uh and rehearse to do this live with the film yeah they were um when they were tuning up they were playing little snippets that i could rec- recognize like the which is like when the ranker comes out and mm-hmm. like i could hear little things and i think i asked you why do they keep playing that particular snippet over and over and over and you explained why I'll I can't you, even remember what I said. You said something about how it was hard, harder to play because of the jumps or something. Oh, when they were warming up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, um, they play certain snippets over and over again while they're warming up because uh, the runs of notes are really tricky. So they have to play it a bunch of times going from a slow tempo to a quick tempo in order to get the passage under their fingers correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like just that sort of thing. And... um. You know, interesting to see how they like I was just so enthralled with the Ewok source music because figuring out like how they got those same sounds <laughs> with the percussion that they have in the orchestra. Yeah. So they pull off a lot of Jedi. And I noticed this um, as they were warming up. They have a synthesizer player mm-hmm. uh, in the back uh, that's doing a lot of did the they auxiliary have that for sounds. the other two. I don't recall that they had a synthesizer player for the other ones. Um, you don't really need one in Empire much. Um, you could use it in um, A New Hope, but um, for the Cantina stuff, they just pipe that music in just because they need yeah. a bunch of additional wind players that they don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've when they did Star Wars in concert, they did the Cantina band song live it's a very different version live than what you like by an orchestra than what you hear in the movie which is why they can't duplicate that the movie is uh alto saxophone soprano saxophone clarinet and a lot of steel drum Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard for a philharmonic orchestra to do because those are not standard philharmonic instruments right so question i know you never saw star wars in concert which is sad and you should have but when like for that sort of orchestra do is it is that different from like a normal orchestra because like for i know it's hard because you didn't see it but for star wars in concert they were playing like they played the cantina band Mm -hmm. um it was a different it it sounded different because it's so symphony mute or symphony music probably what happens with that is a star or Star the uh, the show you're referring to mm-hmm. was probably done by a pops 
Okay. Uh, orchestra. That's what I was um, wondering. If Pops pops orchestras are different than Philharmonic. There's a lot of overlap there, but pops orchestras are often focused a little more on popular tunes. Okay. And a lot of their musicians, um, a lot of their wind musicians will also double on non-traditional orchestra instruments. So you'll have clarinet players that also play saxophone. Oh. Um, bass clarinet players that also play saxophone. Um, so, yeah, you get... You get some different instrumentation with a pops orchestra that you may not necessarily get with a philharmonic. See, I learn new things on Tashi Station Radio. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick your favorite thing from the three shows. Binary Sunset Live. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, but now I feel like, oh, I think, I think for me it was the clash the lightsabers oh that's really good yeah it's just i mean also the sail barge assault to hear the bump 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 like live Mm -hmm. it was so cool also what was really interesting was so the emperor's theme has a choir behind it i don't know if it's a full choir or just like one singer but it's the it's Mm -hmm. it's a deep voice resonant voice but they didn't do that in the in the philharmonic because obviously they don't have people to sing so i but you could hear that same noise and you explained what they were doing to yeah, mimic so it. So I'm pretty sure what they were doing there is that vocal line that oh, um, my voice can't go low enough to get that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that was a bassoon uh, providing that sound. A uh, bassoon has a timbre uh, very similar to that low male vocal range uh, and offers the same kind of raspiness. At that register, so it's a it's a decent approximation of that of that tone. That was very cool. I I liked that a lot. Also, the thing I love about these is that they start with a 20th Century Fox fanfare, because they don't. If you buy the movies now, like if you buy the digital releases, they don't have them. And the new all the four movies that have come out since Disney bought Star Wars does not have the Fox fanfare. Um, the um. The Blu-rays came out before the sale, so they still have them. But like, if you buy new versions of them, they they don't have it. They just go right into the Lucasfilm logo with no music at all. Mm-hmm. So it's still sort of a thrill to have them play well, because it live. We all know Fo- you hear Fox fanfare, and that means ooh, we're about to get some Star Wars. I know. I it still feels that way. That's 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 ingrained into us. I know there's a whole generation that doesn't know that now, but I know. for us, when we hear that, we hear the fanfare, we know we're getting some Star Wars, and I know. we're happy. I know. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about Star Wars and concert? Ah, uh, just if you have the chance to go see it, absolutely. I mean, Philharmonic tickets aren't necessarily cheap. Yeah, but it's so much fun, and it's such a great experience. It's absolutely worth doing. Also. The the cheap seats for these are absolutely I, fine. I like them better than the orchestra level. We I think we were in the not the cheapest, but the next up level. We were in like the lower part of the balcony. But 
I mean, you're high up, so you can see every like all the musicians and stuff. And the screen is big enough, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So sitting there, that's that's like a third of the fun is just watching the orchestra work. Yeah. Yeah. And you know these movies, you know what's happening, so you can take your attention right. away from the screen and focus on the orchestra. Yeah, and they I, they are bidding on you having seen the movies before because the di- the, the the mixing track is not the same as what you would hear on a Blu-ray. There was times you you couldn't hear the dialogue because the music is the loudest, and when you see the mo- when when it's mixed the way it's supposed to be, the music is softer. You're you're hearing the people talk before the music. In these shows, you're hearing the music first. So you don't necessarily hear the same, which is fine. Like, cause that's what you're going for. Yeah, exactly. You're going for music. Like there was a like a bunch of times the explosions you couldn't hear because the music was so loud. But I was it's fine because I've seen these yeah, movies how many times? It's a different way to experience these films. I would go see them. Without any of the other tra- audio tracks at all, I would I would go see it if it was a silent like a silent movie, like how The Last Jedi has the score only version on yeah. the digital. Yeah, like, I agree. I would go see those without any sort of accompanying dialogue or anything, and just listen to the music. <laughs> I I would totally do the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, if you get a chance, if it's in your city, go. Just yeah. trust us and go. Yes, at least. And if you can't do all of them, pick your favorite and do that one. Yep. So, yes. Star Wars in concert. I love it. We loved it. It was great. And it got me excited for Dragon Con. I mean, I already was, but yay, Star Wars. And then then afterwards, we had a a surprise hangout with Jim, who does a a Star Wars comic. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know he was local out here. Star Wars bringing people together. That was that was fun. Yeah, we had a great (laughs) night. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up there. Just a reminder, folks, we are going to be at DragonCon this week, so no regular shows, but a whole bunch of panel audio will be coming your way. Mm-hmm. So get your feeds ready. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff that is coming uh, down the pipe for you this week. Uh, anything else we need to throw out there before we sign off? Come say hi to us at DragonCon. We have buttons. Yes. If you're going to DragonCon, we have swag. Come yes. say hi. Yes. And uh, again, uh, Another thing I'll uh, I'll just remind you on this one, 8 p.m. Hilton Bar, uh, Thursday night, I am running an introduction to Star Wars tabletop gaming, uh, tabletop RPG specifically. Uh, if you've ever been curious about it and you want to learn how to play, I'm going to demystify all this so I can sh- we'll show you that this isn't as hard as it looks and anyone can pick this up. Hilton Bar, 8 p.m. Thursday night. Come say hi, grab a drink, watch us, pretend to be a Star War. Woohoo! It'll be fun. Okay, this episode of TSR has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Get in at the $1 level, and that gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel, uh, in which we have a channel all about pets and pictures of pets. Don't you want to see pictures of very good doggos? Yes. $1. (laughs) $1. I won't play any Sarah McLachlan music here. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. You can find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Um, 
If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or subscribe to the uh, Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed on uh, those same touch points to get all of our great shows. Thanks for listening to, no- to another episode. Stay tuned for Dragon Con coverage. So long, all. Bye. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.